How I Made It in America is brought to you by these fine sponsors. Fresh Designs, Inc., your one-stop solution for automotive and residential window tinting, audio, navigation, and security systems. Located in Ellicott City, Maryland. K. Joseph Watches, providing wristwatch lovers with both quality and beautiful designs. Remember, every minute is a memory. Go to kjosephwatches.com. How I Made It in America, where we peek into the minds of successful entrepreneurs, movers, and shakers with your host, Frazier. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you guys doing today? You're listening to How I Made It in America. I'm your host, Fraser Fraze, with the phrase that pays for months and for days with my co-host, <laughs> A to the Z. Azalea, so who do we have on as a very special guest today, Azalea? Oh my goodness, I am just so happy that uh, we have some serious women power up in here today. <laughs> Um, this woman has just been shattering records um, ever since high school, uh, with, you know, scoring 3,000 points. And I don't think, has that record ever been broken yet? No, not, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Um, but yeah, please welcome to the, uh, to the studio, uh, Sonia Chase. Uh, so, yeah. Sonia, they say yeah. that nothing good comes out of Baltimore. Nothing. What do you say about that? They haven't Googled the right people, I there guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just jump right into it. So, Sonia, you played with the WNBA. You graduated yes. from, you were the, the franchise player at University of Maryland. I guess use that, that term, the sure. face of University yeah. of Absolutely. Maryland. Absolutely, sounds yeah. great. Right? <laughs> you broke records on top of records in high school. You were getting uh, uh, letters from colleges in the seventh grade. You played uh, varsity in high school in the seventh grade, well, seventh six years straight right basically and so you are somebody to be reckoned with so you, you you're from baltimore right yes i know baltimore is in the news a lot now um how is it that your parents were able to kind of guide you so you won't fall into the traps that most of these kids are falling into in baltimore yeah absolutely i i grew up actually in in as you mentioned the baltimore area and my parents knew right away that i had a special talent in basketball and that in order for me to be successful as a person growing up, that I needed to make sure that I was balanced academically as well. Yeah, right. So they um, scratched and scraped and put me into a, a private school called McDonough, and the rest was really history because that school taught me how to be a well-rounded student athlete as well as have great character as a person. Wow. Now, basketball is a very is a sport that's not the the, the amount of games that you guys play and the amount of traveling that's involved with when you guys are young. Um, who was the person that was actually the person who pushed you and guided you and took you to all of the games when you were, uh, what, in the seventh grade and up? Was it before that? Yeah, you know, it started for me really before that. Um, started kind of in my backyard, if you if you will. Um, I, kind of in an after-school program that I was in, okay. uh, in elementary school. Okay. My parents um, were, were working parents, so they needed somewhere for me to go after school. And uh, I was forced, I guess, to play with the boys and okay. uh, was bullied in many situations really? because of a talent that I had. And mm. But um, it's interesting because I persevered even as young as, as um, you know, eight years old wow. um, and uh, playing with the boys and kind of making my way and still wow. so <laughs> wow. Wow. That, that's that's great so who was the one who actually took you to the games i'm just curious because they know we have to give because i have my have a cousin named D'Amico that takes his daughter traveling all over the united states to these games and that's a lot that's on the parents so Such a was it mom and yeah. dad or was it dad or yeah, I think for me it was um, different eras, right? So mm -hmm. when I was younger, it was more of my um, my coach, um, 
Coach Charles McLeod, he's uh, um, no longer with us, but um, he's the one who kind of jump-started me, along with my father, of course. Mm-hmm. And it was between them two that, uh, that you know, they got me to the games to and from. Many people thought that Coach McLeod was my dad because I was with him all the time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then from there, it, it really persisted. When I got to uh, McDonough, um, some of the middle school coaches um, would step in and, and help to make sure I got to and from games. Um, and then, you know, high school coaches also. So it just depended on the era. The era. Um, yeah. So you're in, in your high school, you scored the, you have the record right now with 3,000 points scored, right? Correct, yeah. And, you, and, and that's a lot of points. Yeah, that's, so that's a lot, that's of, a points. lot of points. We were, I was driving and that's a lot of, that's a lot yeah. of points, man. I, I can't even make it into it yeah. once. <laughs> 3,000 times, that's amazing. And no one has actually broken your record yet, right? No, the record hasn't been broken yet. Wow. And um, to my knowledge, and uh, maybe uh, maybe that's for a reason, I guess, you know, yeah. uh, that beyond my, my thoughts. But no, it was it was, it was was great to be able to um, be the, uh, as you mentioned, franchise player, not just in right. college, but also in high school, right. if I can use that word. But, yeah. um, you know, Everything was centered around me, and but I also learned how to be a great teammate um, because in, in making myself look good, um, be a great teammate, you have to make others look good as well. Right. So um, the 3,000 points came from up my up, my teammates also being good teammates to me as right. well, making right. sure I had the ball in the right places. Correct. But you also have the assist. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, <laughs> you have basically you have the rebounds. You have you have the record. Steals. You have the yeah. steals. I mean, yep. uh, that's 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 a uh, that's. Anyways, I would never play you. No, I appreciate that. I would never play you one on one after. I just play that. horse these days. So <laughs> there we go. All right. So we jumped from high school. You got accepted. You chose. Now you were offered so many scholarships and so many schools wanted you. Yes. Why did you choose University of Maryland? You know, I actually am the only child. And um, although my parents allowed me to choose the school that I wanted to attend on my own, mm-hmm. um, them, their influence and the, the ability to, to be able to attend the, pro, the, the games was important to me. Okay. I was recruited by every college across the country. Brown University was the first uh, letter that I received in seventh grade, as you wow. mentioned. Um, and so I was recruited by Yale and you know wow. um, Notre Dame, on, on around. And so for me, it was Maryland had everything I wanted and needed academically and athletically. And okay. so for me, it was it was an easy choice. Um, also, I had a great leader there in Coach Weller. All right, so you went to University of Maryland and I know you had in mind, before I even ask you this question, what did you want to be when you were a young girl coming up. I know you're playing basketball, but what did you really want to go to school to study? You know, it's interesting. At first, I wanted to be um, an actual police officer wow. when I was really, really young. Um, and then my parents quickly changed that. Okay. Um, they was like, oh, oh, a police yeah, officer. Yeah, was like, and you know, I think for me, I grew up wanting to be able to protect other people and okay. to, um, to, to um, you know, be a leader in the community, even yeah. in my own right. And then as I got a little older, I realized that um, being a corporate attorney was was definitely something that I was extremely interested in. And we had a couple attorneys in my family. Mm. And um, it was kind of like I was the f- next one up. Okay. I had a conversation with uh, um, Renee, who was one of my cousins, and um, she instantly said, you know, you need to definitely major in English. And mm. um, that will help to jumpstart your, your career as right. a as a you know corporate attorney. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. So how did it go over when basketball became like the center. I mean, they had to have known because your ability was so apparent from a young age. Sure. I, I, can't, I guess I'll kind of date myself. Uh, but <laughs> my, my, my junior year, the WNBA had its inaugural season and I was getting um, information from my college coach that I was being looked at oh, wow. and observed by the, this new league. Um, right. which it, was, had, it was brand new. Yeah, it was brand it was, new. Yeah, and right. um, no one had ever heard of it. And it was jump-started because of the Women's Olympics um, had uh, had done so well in 96 wow. um, with the helms of 
Lisa Leslie and Rebecca right. Lobo and Cheryl Swoops. And so um, they formed the league around those women in 97. And so that's when the league was born. And so um, I quickly got the information that I was being recruited, A if you later. will. And uh, I, was re- I was the first female drafted from oh, wow. the University of Maryland um, wow. to, to, to straight to the WNBA. And so I played the for first Charlotte woman State. To, wow. to be drafted from the University of Maryland, you have the 3,000. Keep going. Continue. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of firsts, you know, especially, right. you know, back then, it's just kind of breaking barriers right. and not really knowing that you're breaking the ceiling. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, just kind of going forward and being the leader that my parents raised and right. um, and, and opportunity yeah. was there. And, of course, it was a no-brainer once I got, rec- you know, recruited and, and drafted that I was going to go play professional basketball. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess, you know, I still had that burning desire to be a corporate attorney, to oh, be honest with you. Do? Yeah. Oh, okay. Although, you know, I, I'm not interested in taking the bar at this at this. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it yeah. doesn't seem like there's anything you can't do. Yeah. yeah. So I'm yeah, sure, sure if you decided one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's and I guess in the second life, if you yeah. will. Yeah. yeah. So, University of Maryland, you played there. You did really well. You were the uh, face of University female basketball, right? Um, yep. You, you get drafted in 1998 um, to the women NBA to to uh, what's the team was Charlotte Charlotte Sting mm-hmm. right? Um, how was that transition from college basketball to professional, professional basketball? It was big girl basketball, as yeah. they say. <laughs> big, boy, big boy basketball in the NBA, big girl basketball. I mean, right. you, you really have to understand the the level of um, competitiveness and right. um, the, the, the level of training that goes into from college athlete to a pro athlete. Right. Um, the amount of games um, that you play, um, the less the less time you have to rest, right. less recovery time. Right. Um, and just also just, uh, again, taking care of your body. Now it is right. your job right. and to make sure that you are prepared and ready to go each and every day in practice and in games. So that was the difference. It's the only difference between those that two. was the difference. I think um, the travel um, was kind of the same in terms of you know you're traveling in college, you're traveling, but I think just the level of toughness. Right. Um, you know, it's tough at, at in college, but um, when you're playing against women, full grown, blown women, right. um, And some of these women had already been playing professional basketball right. overseas. Okay. So understand that even though the league was new, professional basketball was not new to women, mm-hmm. um, women's sports because right. it had been. Um, played in Europe, um, right. and many women would travel overseas to play basketball professionally. Oh wow! So, what lessons did you learn um, playing for the 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 professional team? What was what lessons did you learn? Like, take away from that? Yeah, you know, um, one of the things is. Um, the opportunity to be in the community more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think giving back and and a lot and being in that role model position, um, you're out more visibly to the right. community and you have more of a responsibility um, to 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 give back and to to kind of pay it forward. Right. And I think that was one of the bigger things, especially you know with the NBA cares and WNBA cares that they push um, for people to look at look up to athletes um, not just on the court but mm-hmm. also off the court. So as a professional athlete as a student of the game what was one of the if you could go back and think of the worst experience that you had uh not playing for college but playing in the end and within the league what was the the worst experience you remember or say you know what <sighs> i should quit this game well yeah i wanted to ask like were the women accepting of yeah. you was there a level of competition now that you are now that you're with other women who are you know yeah. equally sure. you know as skilled you know, is there a level of competition like was that absolutely and i think you hit the nail on the head yeah. right there i think 
you know, when you're coming from, when you're top notch and you're coming from mm-hmm. a, a division one high profile program like University of Maryland and other right. programs across the country, and then you coming together on a team of other collective women that are just as good, that can run just as fast, jump just as high, um, and can play just as well and shoot just as good as you, mm-hmm. now you have to find your way. And I think the adjustment from playing 40 minutes a game as a college athlete to getting minutes of maybe 10, 12 at most minutes or 15 minutes a game was the biggest adjustment. And so now you have to be very, very um, um, quick and um, uh, very quick in terms of how you interact in in the game, you know, what you produce. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't have time to kind of get it right. You Mm -hmm. have to have it right as Mm -hmm. soon as you enter the game so you can make your minutes worthwhile. So that was the biggest adjustment, I think, for me. Oh, okay. Now, what was, (laughs) again, I'm asked the question. What was that one obstacle that could have stopped you and it didn't? It could be either be when you were playing basketball or in college or something that could have stopped you as an individual, but you found ways to overcome that. What was what was that one obstacle or that that problem or situation? Well, I think a lot of people don't know this, but unfortunately, I had an unfortunate situation that happened at at University of Maryland where um, I was involved in a um, dispute with uh, another college, um, another teammate um, on my team, and um, and as a result, um, it wound up that she was in the wrong, and I and I was. I was in the right, obviously, mm-hmm. and um, and she had her captain um, sh- um, stripped from her as a as a wow. as an athlete, um, and so the dispute actually was a physical dispute, and um, it en- and ended up, and she was also, I think, a prospect to be in the WNBA, and so I was at a turning point where I could have retaliated. Um, from a mentality standpoint, I could have had um, my friends, you know, retaliate or me retaliate. Mm. And I remember <laughs> sitting down with my college coach and she said, look, you can go either left or right. This is a pivotal time in your life. What decision you're going to make? And I think I made that decision changed my life because had I retaliated and mm-hmm. you can't always retaliate. That's the lesson. You know, mm-hmm. had I retaliated, I definitely would not have been drafted to the women's NBA because wow. they were wow. looking for women that were role models that right. had good positive images and right. um, that they could create stories around. Right. And um, although that was a negative story that I was involved in, it was not my fault. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of, a negative was turned into a positive right. by the way I reacted to the situation. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's 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 a good way of looking at it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great way of looking at it. Um, now, Tough at that time, but yeah, it was, it was I mean, definitely it was, a responsible. But it's know. just incredible that if yeah. you had retaliated, yeah, it all would have been yeah. totally All right, guys, story. hold tight. Be right back with more stories of Miss Chase in a few minutes. Hold tight, guys. We are back with our very special guest, Sonia Chase. Uh, Sonia, so... Um, we have a guest online I want to speak to you, Tom. Tom? Is Tom on the line? Yes. Hey, Tom. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Good. Fine. And you? I'm fine. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Have you have a question for Miss Chase? No, I don't. I was calling in for another uh, interview. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Let's get back to Sonia. So, Sonia, so what are you currently doing right now? I know you retired um, several years ago, right? Yes. How was it? 
being retired. Yeah, no, it's um, it's it's like, what do you want to do for, with the rest of your life? Um, because pro sports is uh, a certain window that you have to play pro mm-hmm. sports, and um, and then you you move on to another career. So, I in two thousand nine, I actually started um, two companies. I started a nonprofit organization mm-hmm. called Chase Your Dreams Academy, where okay. we serve at risk children in okay. low income areas in the DMV area. And then I also started a for profit company called Chase Your Dreams Inc., okay. which is uh, I uh, started doing uh, basketball camps and programs with uh, Parks and Recreation in Prince George's County, okay. as well as Nike. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. And how was that? How, how was that working? I know um, I, I saw you at an award show recently, and there was a lot of kids there, and, and, and I, when I posted your that you're going to be on the show today, I'm getting a lot of response on my Facebook. Oh, she trained my son. She trained my son. She's amazing. She's amazing. So yeah. you, you train kids, right? Yep. But you also train adults, yes. right? Tell me about that. And it's mostly... Um, men that you're training right <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> so. yeah it's funny that the so i do i do have programs for boys and girls and i also have co-ed programs where okay. boys and girls come together and have camp um and so dealing with youth is a special um um, talent because you have to understand their developmental process and you have to meet them where they are right. instead of them meeting when you where you are. Right. Um, working with pros um, is a whole different ball game. Right. Um, most of the time they already come in knowing or thinking that they already know every single thing. So right. you really have to um, expose some of their weaknesses and, <laughs> and let them see that they are still in the developmental process in some areas. Right. Um, and working with men, I think for me, um, because I play at the pro level, the respect is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of I hate to say it like that. I mean, college is definitely a respect level, but playing at that next chapter right. um, kind of seals the deal when training men because they understand, they think, they already know that, okay, she must know yeah. something that I don't know right. that she can be, that can be valuable to my career. Oh, well, wow. they call you the shoot specialist, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. Well, why is that? <laughs> well, it's interesting because in college, I was known as a defensive specialist. Um, so how I fell into a shooting specialist is when it became a career um, in terms of playing pro, uh, pro sports, um, when you have 10 hours a day to train, um, you got things you need to work on in your right. game. And so shooting then became a huge element, um, added component to my game. And so now, um, because I had a great shooting coach when I was in college, I took a lot of the uh, points that she gave me mm-hmm. and kind of um, <clears throat> wrap them up into what I already know in terms of my experience. Mm-hmm. And now in terms of ch- um, training other other student athletes um, in college as well as pros, um, I'm able to train them in specialty on shooting. So it, it, it kind of goes, a, it's, a, it's a good hand-in-hand thing with defense and shooting. All right, let's, so cool. let's go back to kids now. So when, uh, what advice would you give parents? I know a lot, you see a lot of parents and they're pushing the kids into, because they want them to go pro. I mean, I think most parents, when they bring the kids to the camp who are pretty decent they're thinking either college or pro um what advice would you give parents and and helping yeah. guiding their children in the right direction instead of forcing them what it- yeah you know for parents just be a guiding uh, support network for them mm-hmm. um make sure that you um know who's talking to your children in mm-hmm. terms of re- recruiting and be instrumental and involved mm-hmm. um be around know um because there's so many influences now and you know kids are, are kind of talking to um college coaches that may not be able to do that because of certain rules and regulations so you you have to really know what your child is involved in mm-hmm. and um and, and take an active presence to to be there right wow mm-hmm. that's, that, that's pretty good um as as a you're you're huge in the community right and some what are some of the things that you're currently doing right now 
because um, when I was reading your bio, you're definitely an advocate for the, the community. So what are sure. some of the things that you have actually created or, or working with? Yeah, so living in the Prince George's County area has been has been so invaluable to, to me and my development as a as an entrepreneur. Before you even say that, now you you said something to me recently about mm-hmm. Prince George's County. And it mm-hmm. was when you said, I was like, wow, I didn't look at it from that perspective. Yeah. You were saying that if you if you if you'd remember. In terms of uh, just being in Prince George's County yes. as a as a as an African American as an African American, right. well, you know, again, Prince George's County has a wealth of people right. from all different areas that right. have a huge influence. Right. I graduated from the Leadership Prince George's program, which basically allowed me to have a um, inner workings with people that are running the county, mm-hmm. from the county exec on down to people that are n- you may not have ever heard of. Right. And so, when you're dealing with youth, it's important to connect to you know. No, people in politics. It's right. important to connect to you know teachers, um, you know co- mm-hmm. coaches, mm-hmm. pretty much everyone because everyone has that influence on youth. Um, and so for me, it's just more so being that consistent cornerstone mm-hmm. in programming that people can go to and know that if they come to my program, they can have a good, they can they can get better, right. <laughs> they can right. improve their skill set. Okay, both, not just on the court but also off the court. Yeah. Okay. Can we, um, so the Nike organization, the Nike um, camp that you're mm-hmm. involved in, tell me about that. Nike is Nike. <laughs> I think that's enough said. You know, four four letters make a huge difference, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's a, a a company that it's a billion dollar company. Um, yeah, obviously they stand by their name yeah. um, in terms of um, youth sports and development. Right. I had the opportunity. My relationship started with Nike actually when I was in college. Right. Um, at the time, when University of Maryland was a Nike school. Wow. Um, so it was a Nike school before Under Armour school. Really? <laughs> and yeah, it actually was. Oh, yeah, um, was and so from from then, um, you. You know the influence for when I started my own organizations um, to run camp Nike and I kind of came together um, and said you know it'd be great to have Nike basketball camps in the DMV area because there were not any um, and it was nearly 10 years ago that we wow. did this mm-hmm. and uh, we started with boys and um, we you know went to co-ed and then we went to girls and now I have uh, DM uh, camps all around the DMV region and now we've also expanded to like Raleigh and wow. some of the wow. other places in the United States so um, yeah Nike is, a, is, is has been a great um, relationship over the last several years and I'm looking forward for years to come so what do you see females um, in, in role in basketball in the next 10 years? Wow, that's, that's, a, that's a packed question. Uh, it is a packed question. Um, so female basketball players in the next 10 years. Yeah. Um, gosh, who knows? I mean, honestly, it's women are, it's women, it's the time for women now. And yeah. it's always been the time for women, but always now it's, it's, it's important for women to, to really be out in the forefront. Mm-hmm. And some women have worked really, really hard mm-hmm. to, um, to, you know, to make sure that they now are reaping what they've kind of sowed. Right. Women's, um, women's sports in general, as we can see with the soccer team, doing yeah. what they did. And I mean, it, it's, women's sports has grown. Women's basketball, I mean, you already have women dunking. So what, what, what else do we need to do? You know what I mean? And you're there, <laughs> People say, oh, you had to lower the rims. Well, they're dunking on 10-foot rims. So wow. you don't necessarily have to lower the rims. Oh, you got to make the ball smaller. Well, no, you know, we shoot just as good with the uh, – or make the ball bigger. So we – I think we're already – you know, I, I don't know the answer to that question because I think um, it's it's so complicated right. and you would have to look at the evolution. But, I mean, women are, are doing amazing things on the basketball court right. a- athletically. And, um, you know, de- definitely tune in to the end of the women's NBA season because uh, um, it's, a, it's a lot of great, great games going on right now. Wow. Okay. Wow. In your camps, are you, um, you know, having had this amazing career and now sitting on the other side of it, yeah. are you seeing 
like some real standouts come out of your camps? Um, and, and how are you involved? And I mean, are you involved in helping them sort of, you know, be the, the person on the other side yeah. of, of your career? No, that's a great question. Um, and the reason why I say that is because, um, so I created this program within my Nike camps where kids that actually come up through my program as students mm -hmm. that are actual campers, because I've been doing this now for, for over 10 years. So kids that have maybe started with me when they were eight are now like 18, you know, or wow. maybe 10 and now they're 20, wow. um, that they can actually come back to my program to get a summer job. Um, oh. to actually teach other kids how to play basketball. Oh. Um, you know, for me, it's about giving opportunity to young people, keeping them off the streets, keeping them honest. You know, mm -hmm. kids are going to get money and they're going to do whatever they need to do to do it. And for me, it's about making sure they do it the honest and, and right way. Mm -hmm. So if I can give jobs and opportunities to kids, um, and necessarily they have to be a standout, but that does help if they have a name in the background and right. other kids can look up to them and they're already playing college basketball. Those are the perfect people that I'm looking to hire. And I try to keep those type of folks on staff in addition to my senior staff that I have. But have you seen anyone like anyone like you that is kind of like, hmm, this could uh, and, be or, the next. Or, or you <laughs> I have actually, yeah. <laughs> which you, is scary. <laughs> can you see a child and say, OK, this one has it. Yeah. yeah. Can you say, OK, this yeah. one I, has I have it. seen um, a, a, a few girls just maybe maybe two wow. yeah. um, uh, of the thousands and thousands of kids that I've had two or three that, that had that it factor Yeah, wow. um, that, um, you know, there was kind of an, an eight um, uh, skill set that they have not, not kind of taught something that was just organically that they had. Right. They came to my program already talented. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. I, I don't take credit for, for those type of things. Mm -hmm. What I take credit is for honing in on the skills right. and de further developing them. Right. So uh, there's a few. Yeah. I one <laughs> last question. So what, advice for your success could you give other people to say okay you should follow this because it worked for me what's your secret for me i have to always go back to my four d's um desire dedication determination and discipline you can do a lot of other things um and form your own kind of values and what you believe in goals but for me you have to have a desire to achieve a goal and once you have that desire you have to be dedicated to the task at hand and once you have the desire and you're dedicated, you have to be determined to never, ever stop because you're going to have so many obstacles. The first three Ds don't matter, you guys, unless you are disciplined. And discipline is what kind of brings it home. So desire, dedication, determination, discipline. And I, I welcome anybody to adopt those four Ds and to help them work um, for them. Uh, this is such a beautiful. Thanks, Sonia, for being on the show. Thanks, you guys, for listening. We'll see you <laughs> guys you. next you Tuesday so much, on How I Made it in America. I'm your host, Fraser Fraze. See you guys next week.